And now, of course, someone who prays for all of us, all of the time, 24-7. He casts the vision. He is here in his 2013 version, Dr. Patrick Cameron. All the time, 24 hours a day. Okay. Probably not. Probably not. Um, I, I, every week I want to say that uh, it's, now this Prosperity Plus class last time, it could be like Cher's final tour. You know what I mean? She's gone on her final tour like six times. So, uh, But we're, we're, we've got something else planned that we're going to launch in the spring. And so I'm excited about that. But it doesn't mean we won't bring it back by popular demand. All righty, but I, I forget that every week to say that, so I wanted to start. For three weeks, I've been wanting to say that. Anyway, what I'd like to invite you to do is sing a song with me. And if you'd like to uh, stand with me, that's great. And if not, please stay seated. Whatever, whatever helps uh, move you into that space, the cave of the heart. And Stefan will be, all right, there he is. And we'll sing a song, say a prayer. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room. In this very room. Know with me in this moment as we move into this beautiful heart space, this cave of the heart, which means it is vast and wondrous and beautiful. And so it is the descent from the mind to the heart and eventually into the body of our affairs that we are about today. It is about being that representation and that example and that expression of the divine in form on this planet wherever we are with whomever we're with and to understand that our deep abiding and continued transformation of consciousness is a gift to ourselves to the world to one another to the family of man and so today we open our hearts and minds and the possibilities as we begin this new year to examine deeply and to allow that that higher wisdom self that lives within each and every one of us to guide us, direct us, and lead us through these next several minutes in the discovery, the realization, the revelation, and the dissolving of perhaps that which has been a beautiful, powerful gift in our lives but no longer necessary to clear the slate for next week when we write down our Word of God. And so I just give thanks today for this beautiful community, these beautiful musicians, this beautiful music, the consciousness we stand upon each and every time we come together. I am renewed and reminded of who I am and whose I am and what my opportunity is. So in, in great gratitude, I stand with you today in that feeling tone of abundance, joy, love, and celebration 
creativity and expression. I just give thanks, knowing it is alive for you as it is alive for me. And as we share that and say yes to that, it becomes more apparent, real, and demonstrated in our experience. And for this, I give thanks. And together we say, and so it is. Well, welcome to 2013. So over the next uh, four weeks, I've laid out a uh, process of, uh, that, w- that I think is a wonderful way, and, and whether you're here with us or not, um, uh, I hope you are, but you may not be, don't, don't let that deter you if you miss a week, as if you miss out on something, but it's really about building, laying down the foundation uh, in consciousness of what's, what I think is the most valuable um, and what we stand for is a teaching. You know, before the Christmas season, um, we, did a, um, we did a service. I talked about what happened in Connecticut. And for me, it really hit home why it is so important. And when this young man in, 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 uh, in the article I read reminded me of the, so many young people in the world that feel powerless, that feel isolated, that feel um, disenfranchised, worthless, or whatever it may be. And, and the, the, the tool that I think is so powerful, and it's not the only tool, but it is such a powerful and potent tool, is what exactly we stand for, is that we, we discuss and talk about transcendence. And, and transcendence is, is, is tapped into by having a dream. And so when we see that being played out in the world, this young man doing this horrific thing, that just still cracks my heart open. And, and I'm always on the edge of tears when I think about those families and those little babies. Uh, but here's a young man that had no idea of the possibility of transcendence in his life. And transcendence is, the, is not only the recognition of this one life, which is oneness. We teach oneness. We're a community. We're, a, we're, a, we're part of a larger community on the planet that teaches oneness. And we are one tradition along that leg of oneness, along with Buddhist and Hinduism and, and the mystical Christian teachings. All of them, all of them taught it. Um, and I wanted to, I brought to some wonderful notes today. The Hindus called it Prakriti, the, the Taoists call it Chi, the Christians call it Holy Ghost, and science has named it energy. It is the intelligent activity of God's eminence, revealing as the fruit of spirit. And so we really, uh, in terms of the focus of what we do here, is, is understand that. And, and what I want to be able to do with you as a community, because what ha- this community has a soul. This community is alive. It has a soul. And it's an evolving soul. And see, as we see, as we see um, things happen within the world and within our community, it, it is all the result of an unseen activity behind life. What, what, what happens is that we think that many people, and this, for this young man, let's look at his perspective, this young man that, that, uh, um, that, that was uh, at the center of this horrific act, what, what, what happens is when we, all we believe in is matter, form, that we don't realize that, that all of life is spirit, all of life is God, it's an energy. These chairs have life force in it. Dr. Troward talked about it. Dr. Troward influenced Ernest Holmes, talked about the degree of livingness. There's life in those chairs. There's molecules in those chairs that make up those chairs. Those chairs were, first were an idea, and then someone created those chairs. Now, there's not a highly intelligent form of life in those chairs, but there's life in those chairs. There's life in the rocks. Rumi talked about that. He said that being alive was an ecstatic experience. And so he would, get, he would go out in nature. And so when we understand that, and we understand that, 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 that all of it, is, it comes from source, but what happens is that 
we think it's matter. It's simply matter because matter is the story that we make up about things because we forget that it's all God. So you'll hear people say to you, what's the matter? What's the matter? And, it's, and, and the matter is just simply a reflection of consciousness. Behind everything, is an un, there's an unseen force behind everything. Dr. Ernest Holmes, one of my favorite sayings is, to learn how to think is to learn how to live. To learn how to think is to learn how to live. And so what we're going to do today, you've all been given some, um, I dropped mine, but I brought several sheets for demonstration. Um, you've been given some flash paper. You're not going to be able to write on your flash paper, but you may want to have something handy to do some writing for yourself. Because I'm going to guide you in a few processes here very quickly. It's going to be a very short version of a sacred healing service today. And what we're going to do is we're going to pull up something in our lives that I'll let you grab your pens and papers and writing utensils. This will probably be the last week. By the way, these chairs will be in this configuration. Just want to let you know. Because our new theme is a new design for living. Does everybody have a piece of flash paper? Norma up here needs one. Right here. Second row on your right, Dennis. Perfect. So we're gonna, today we're going to release something. But I want to talk about it in, in a deeper way. I want to talk about it from a different angle. Uh, releasing is very important. There was a story of a farmer that had worked the land his entire life, his entire life, and he'd gotten very, very old, couldn't work the land like he'd worked the land. And so, and his son worked with him. And his son uh, was kept doing the work, and the father would sit on the, he had a chair, and he'd sit on the porch every day. And the son was working harder and harder and harder every day, and dad was sitting in the rocking chair watching him go back and forth and back and forth. And finally the son just had enough, and he went out into the, to the woodworking shed and he built a coffin and he dragged it out and he said, come on, get in. And his dad said, okay. And so he, dad gets in the coffin and he starts dragging his dad in the coffin over to the cliff. He's going to throw him off. And just as they get to the cliff, the, the son hears a knock and he opens the coffin door up and he looks at his dad and he says, you know, I understand that you're going to throw me off the cliff, but he said, you know what, you might want to just throw me off and save the coffin because your kids are going to need it one day too. <laughs> it's not that kind of getting rid of, okay? So the flash paper works like this, just so you know. And it's, it's pretty much gone. It's almost impossible to burn yourself, although I said that last year and burned myself, so. <laughs> Let go and it starts to light up. What I want you to do right now is just relax where you are and find a, a, a comfortable place in the, in the chair where you're sitting. And so I'm going to invite you to take a breath, and as you breathe, just allow yourself to breathe into your chair, allow yourself to relax, allow your, your, your lungs to support you. They know exactly what to do. You don't need to think about breathing. And as you breathe in and as you breathe out, and if you're comfortable closing your eyes for a moment, you can always open your eyes to write. But I would invite you to do that if it feels comfortable. And think about, bring into the awareness as you breathe into that cave of the heart, as I, as I addressed in the opening treatment, in the cave of the heart, think about a condition or an experience in your life that you'd like to change. Something that is alive in your life that you'd like to change. And whatever it is, and just one word, you know, a big story, 
but it's probably a recurring theme. And once you have that word, once you have what that condition is, how do you feel about that? How do you feel? What does it make you feel? When you have that condition in your life, how does it make you feel? It may make you feel like you have limitation. It may make you feel that nobody, nobody wants you. Nobody needs you or loves you. Nobody wants me, needs me, loves me. Or I'm unworthy, unnecessary, or useless. Or I'm inadequate to meet life. Or I have not the strength or the power or the will to overcome obstructions. Or I don't fit anywhere. So those are not, if, if you are having that experience, what, well, what is the word around that? It could be lack, could be debt, could be conflict, limitation, rejection, death, chaos, judgment, dependency, duality, disease, poverty, or it could be a word that you've already come up with. When you have your word, and you know how you're feeling about it, which is that, that word, that condition in the word, and open your eyes for a second because I want to talk to you again. Everybody have a word? Anybody not have a word? Condition they'd like to, to change and you know how you feel about it? See, we're all in this together. But this is the beautiful human condition. And so with, what a, with this, behind the feeling, and the important re, uh, uh, aspect of it is why I say how do you feel about it, is because behind every feeling is a belief. Behind every feeling is a belief. And until we look there, Ernest Holmes said if it is to be eliminated, it must be removed both consciously and subconsciously. And so what I've done this month, and if you can be here every week, it's, it's quite wonderful, it's quite a wonderful process. Thank you for being here today to initiate this, because this is the first process. But in order for us to have true healing in our lives, in order for us to, to manifest the Christ consciousness on this planet, there's three levels of healing that need to take place. One is in our mentality. And that's why many times we'll say to ourselves, geez, I thought I dealt with this already. Here it is again. I, oh, I thought I had this one handled. Here it is again. Because mentally we have. Mentally we've made the agreement with ourselves. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not, I'm not behaving like that. I have values in my life. And so I'm awake and aware enough to know that when I'm in conflict with my values, I'm going to do something differently. But that's at the mentality. But the descent, which we're going to work on in the third week, we're going to prepare this week and next week for the descent into the soul, because the soul is the next level down. And see, once it goes from the head to the soul, which is the heart, the heart center, all of a sudden everything starts to shift. So then your word of resistance and your word of error, the word of error right now is what we're dealing with, with how you feel. What does it feel like for you? Lack, dependency, death, chaos, withdrawal? You don't feel whole? I'm not loved. Whatever that is, when we understand it mentally and we deal with it mentally, we have to then take it down to the soul level. And when we understand it at the soul level and the heart level, then there's no doubt. What we're doing is building faith. Ernest Holmes said in Living the Science of Mind, the way to get rid of fear is through the cultivation of faith. And this is the path, that I, the best path I know of. It's not to dwell in it because, see, we don't want to look at these things. I get this. I don't want to look at the things that are painful in my experience in my past. 
Because when I pull them up, they just sit there. And what the wonderful thing about this teaching and the way it operates is when we pull it up, we have a tool. We have a tool of prayer. We have a tool of meditation. We have a tool of spiritual living. We are the center for spiritual living. So when we can pull it up and look at it, as, as Ernest Holmes said, and as, as the work that Marcia Sutton and Lloyd, Dr. Lloyd Strom have, have uh, developed over the last 25 years, when you pull it into the light of awareness, it dissolves. And it dissolves, another layer is revealed. So it's not a one-time event, but then it becomes our spiritual practice to say, what's alive in me today? What is the condition in my life that I'm not happy with? And how does it make me feel? Well, there's my word of error. Where does my word of error come? Well, every feeling comes from a belief. What do I believe about myself that allows me to feel this way? Because it's not the truth of who and what we are, but it's the facts in our lives. Make sense? Anybody, if somebody could nod, I'd feel better, but it's okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. I know it makes sense. It's, it's, it's simple, simple, simple. And then mentally and in the soul, and then all of a sudden it shows up in the body of our affairs. I'm going to tell you something. We, we went last year into our year. We said uh, we're going to have a, we approved a deficit budget last year. And we just said, okay, we're going to approve this $40,000 deficit budget. I never talk about money here. But I knew what, what was alive in me around that was lack. To look at that and set that as an intention... I mean, is that counterintuitive to what we believe here? But we looked at the numbers and said, okay, well, then what we need to do is step out on faith. And what I needed to do was create the demand and supply it. That's my role here, is to create the demand and supply it and to, be, to help shift consciousness. The transformation of consciousness is the only reason I'm here. All the other stuff, you know, the carpentry and the moving the stuff around and the program and ideas, all that is geared. If it's not moving us towards transformation of consciousness, then what is? So this is a wonderful blessing and opportunity because we set this deficit budget. And, I'm, and I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm sure, pretty sure that we, we close that gap without ever have me having to say to you, hey, guys, you know, thank, I always say thank you because I want to be in that. And I mean thank you and, and beyond because you've given and I'm going to talk about that in a moment because it's so important to understand gratitude because gratitude is such a powerful spiritual practice. But I went to work on my own awareness and consciousness. And I'm not taking responsibility for this because I had nothing to do with it other than I had the opportunity to say, if this is alive in me, it's alive in the community. And, I, and, and do I want this to be alive in community? Is this what I value as a minister and a teacher of the science of mind? And I had to say to myself, no. That's why I've been teaching Prosperity Plus. So we all live in this abundant, this abundant space. When I, when I went to teach with, uh, study with Marcia Sutton, and if you're new for the first week, I'll back you up a little bit. Marcia Sutton is a wonderful uh, minister that got away from platform ministry 25 years ago to delve into the depths of, of metaphysics and per in, in particular science of mind with her partner, Dr. Lloyd Strong. And he created a, uh, uh, they created a uh, technology called co-creation, which I do once a month here. But in doing the co-creation and doing the healing work and doing the releasing work, all of a sudden we open up to a bigger possibility. This is our teaching. But we do it moment by moment. We do it cell by cell. Sometimes it's dramatic. You know, when Jesus healed all the guys that were, were blind, sometimes he'd spit on them. He'd use the saliva. So he always did it differently. But he had different techniques because he knew in the moment what was appropriate. But we use the techniques of what's appropriate with, with the work that we have, which is our life, which is our, our, our laboratory, and look at it and say, I don't like, this isn't working for me. I may have come up here once in a while and, and I call it complained or puled, but most of the time I don't come up here and complain to you what's not working. 
Because that's my work to do in my prayer chair. I can either do, we can either do the work in our prayer chair or we can do it in the street. And I've done it in the street and it's ugly. Because then I've got to apologize for weeks and months. And <laughs> the heck with that. So you've got your word. And when that word comes up for you, I want to invite you to close your eyes again. When that word comes up for you, what is the behavior that you do? What do you do in your life when you get scared, when you withdraw, when you don't feel you're worthy, when you don't feel you're loved, when you don't feel you're adequate to meet life's challenges? What is it that you do? Do you control? There's a popular one. Because then we think we're controlling. Sure we are. What are we controlling? Do we hide? Anger? Or do we attach? We've got to maintain the status quo. We've got to protect what it is. Do we appease? Do we whine? Do we get depressed? Do we get confused? Do we lose? Do we withdraw? Do we rebel? Do we confront? Whatever it may be, what is the behavior that you do? And when you have it, just open your eyes. Just trust what comes up. This is not a one-time thing. You're going to have plenty of times. You're either going to do this, as my teacher used to say, you'll do it in this lifetime or you'll do it in the next. Okay, I think I'll sign up for this go-round. Been there, done that. So when we have the behavior that we know, is that a behavior that you want, to, you want to continue to participate in? I see one person shaking their head no. I'm assuming that she's speaking for the entire group. <laughs> all right. See, but the point is, all of us have this stuff. Wouldn't it make sense then that this is our curriculum, this is the way we, we learn, we come to master these things? So for me, one big pattern is anger because I, was, I grew up in a very angry household and there was a lot of reasons to be angry. And what I realize now in my practice is my anger will never go away. But what I do now, see, is when we shift the perception, Dr. Holmes said it so beautifully, in the new book that we have for the year, there's just wonderful things in there. And one of the things that Dr. Holmes said is that our task is to learn to cooperate better with the great mental, emotional, and spiritual laws of your being. To cooperate better with the laws that already exist. That's what we're doing. See, Holmes understood that. He was a mystic. And so there's laws. We were out cross-country skiing uh, yesterday. And sometimes, if you've ever been out, the hill goes up. And sometimes the hill goes down. And personally, I like the hill going down. But the hill always doesn't go down. It goes up sometimes. And so I could look at that and feel, if I'm in victim consciousness on that, and say, well, God's punishing me. God put a hill here to punish me. Right? I mean, if I really was at that level, but if I shift the perception and say, why did I come out here in the first place? What do I value? I came out here to get some exercise, to get my heart rate going faster, to enjoy the beautiful scenery and the, and the, and the fresh air. Somebody came down here and groomed a trail so I don't have to cut the trail. All of these beautiful blessings. And then it's just like, then the hill's part of the journey and the adventure. But we've had people say things to us over time that have been unkind and unfriendly and unloving. 
What if that's their job? What a wonderful thing to say, you know, here I am getting angry, and but what I know about being angry now, and I'm going to give myself 15 more minutes to be angry, and I'll be done with it, is I have the awareness to make that decision. But before I found this teaching, and I found wonderful teachers and practitioners in my life that allowed me to, to you know, I didn't, I didn't have the resources to travel to India to study with a guru or to go sit with a Zen master for 10 years. I was raising kids and running a business and had dreams. I had a dream in my life. And so here's this practical application of mysticism in my life called the science of mind, which says to me, you have a dream and you have value and you're important. When I came in the doors, I was like, oh my God, that just made me squirm. There was no place for that to land within my consciousness. So then I had to go to classes and I had to go in thousands and thousands of prayers. If you have a faster way, let me know. I'm all over it. But our learning is our learning. But what happens for us, and so we have our word of error, what we, how we feel about something, and then how we behave because of it. And so what I'm going to do today, and I'm not going to go into the word of God if you've done a healing circle. We're going to do that in the third week. We may do it next week. Depends on what, how, how things come up for me in my prayer work. But I wanted to talk to you before we bring our... our, uh, our I'm going to invite people to come up with our flash paper. There's these candles that we, we purchased for Christmas. But I want, to t- I want to talk to you about the, the stages of gratitude. Because your spiritual practices you leave here this week, I'm going to invite you to do, if you'd like homework, and if you'd, you can listen to it, maybe you're not ready to do this. It's okay. I offer it. See, my, your happiness is my priority. Your happiness is the number one thing for me. But I also know I'm not responsible for it. I will do everything in my power that you're happy. But if you decide to stay unhappy, I, it's not my business. Okay, so I'm offering this. There's three stages of gratitude, and this comes from Dr. Lloyd Strom, and I just think it's beautiful. The traditional gratitude is reciprocity. Somebody does something nice for us. Somebody gives us a gift. Somebody, the ushers, and and you want to thank people, the musicians. My God, I walked in here today. Here's Karen and Anna and and, um, Sparrow and Tom and Gord and Stefan. They're playing. I'm like, oh, it's just, for me, it's like, oh, my gosh. It's like I walk in, the family's here saying, hey, and they're playing a song. I'm like, oh. It's like they, they're playing my soundtrack. I walk in and ask my soundtrack. You know, and my movie's going in my head. It's a beautiful thing. And I never know what it's going to be, but it's always beautiful. But that's traditional gratitude. Reciprocity. Somebody's done something for us. We get back. There's another one called transitional gratitude. And, and um, Descartes wrote about this. And it's called perspicacity. I think that's how it's said. Perspicacity. What it means is within every... Um, in, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, within every adversity lies the seed of something greater benefit. Within every adversity, which is what we talked about with your word and your behavior. There's a seed of greater possibility, greater benefit. The ability to perceive the hidden benefit within the unpleasant circumstances of our life is what is known as perspicacity, which is defined as accurate mental vision or discernment. Furthermore, this ability to see the hidden good within every circumstance of our lives allows us to be eternally grateful for the presence of good in our lives. And that good is our God. That good is our God. What is the gift? What is the gift in the word of error and the, in, in the behavior, the word of resistance that you are, participate in? Because it's there. Can we have gratitude for that? Oh my gosh, this came to teach me. And see, the gratitude can be that you can, you can say, you know what, this, this word and this behavior, I am so grateful you came into my life. 
And now with great love, as you, as you hold the flash paper over the flame, I release you. And you may have to release it. Jesus said seven times 70. But you get to start today. See, it's a process. Jesus didn't say do it one time. He said seven times 70, which meant a lot. And then there's another level of gratitude. True gratitude, and I believe this is exactly what, what uh, we talk about and we stand for in our teaching, the development of perspicacity to see the good that is God in everything allows us to live in a constant state of gratitude, a constant state of gratitude for everything. I'm working on it with you, but it's so exciting. Such a state of being is what is known as grace. And the telltale signs of a graceful life is Generosity. When our gratitude is self-generated, it comes from the inside out of, a, out of us as generosity. I'm not talking just financially. I'm talking in every area. That's why I've been so committed to this Prosperity Plus and the resistance that I've met. No, no, no. It's like, okay, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But I'm trying to tell you there's another way to live because this ain't it. I'm not following you because I've been there. I know what misery feels like. I got a PhD in resistance. But many times we're not ready to step into it. When I went to work with Marsha, and there's these beautiful women, they're mostly women, a couple of guys, and I walked in, it's been 25 years, 14 people. And I, was, I said, I'm so grateful to be here with you. And the, and the one lady that's been there, one of the longest, she looked at me and she said, we're grateful you finally showed up. We've been preparing our consciousness for you this whole time. And I thought, wow, I would have never thought it that way. And I looked at her and said, oh, no, 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 no. And he said, well, thanks. And then I had to process that because it was quite beautiful and overwhelming. So if you're here for the first time, it took us all this time to get ready for you. <laughs> I'm serious. This is how consciousness works. If you're new here, if you're a newbie, you are in the right place at the right time. And if you don't come back because you get everything you need today, good for you. I wish that had been my path. I could have been doing something interesting instead of this. Hey, on the tape, that's a joke, okay? <laughs> oh. Let me just read this last piece and then we'll finish up. We'll bring up and do it. Furthermore, because our generosity is inspired by grace, which is unmerited favor, unmerited favor, we no longer give to others on the basis of their deservingness. See, when we're generous and we're in gratitude because people have given us something, we're in judgment. We're in happy judgment and joyful judgment. Well, Ken was so nice to me today. He gave me a big hug. You know, thank you, Ken. Well, what if Ken slaps me on the way out the door? <laughs> I get to go to my prayer chair or I get to go to Ken. We no longer give it to others on the basis of their deservingness. We give on the basis of our own gratitude for the presence of God that we see in one another. You know, someone said to me about the giving and, you know, if you do this on Sunday... If you do this on Sunday, people will give you more money. I said, I don't get up there. I'm not working for tips. <laughs> you know, get good service. I'm going to give you 20%. I got at least a $15 mill here. It's three bucks. I don't work for tips. What I want to do is, is, is embody this consciousness. When I live from this consciousness consistently, it makes it easier for you to live from it. And I want you to embody it so that I can step into it with you. It's a shared transformation. This is what we do. Gratitude for the presence of God we see in them. In other words, we no longer give out of the need of others. We give out of the joy of our own heart overflowing with gratitude. This is what 2013 is about. And it's exciting. 
It's the best year ever. Why? Because I declare it so. And I, and I influence my experience by my word. I activate it with my word, which is based on my consciousness. And I want my consciousness to line up with what I value and my words to line up with that so that I support it. And I'm in, then I'm congruent. But if I say one thing and do another thing, I'm incongruent. So I want to be able to live in that, that, to give out of the joy and to see the God within you. And, and then everything, and then I live an inspired life. And then we're making huge changes in the world. So then when I see this tragedy that happens on Connecticut and people that are just so lost, they don't even know who they are. They're not connected to any sense of spirituality. I just believe at the, 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 the core of my being how important and powerful this is. The legacy that we leave to the next generations, to our children, to these cosmic kids, to our teens, it's so important. And so what I invite you to do today is one small step for you to come forward and pick a candle and just bring your, your, your flash paper up. Whatever that word is and whatever the behavior is, let this be one step. And the nice thing about this is you have to move. You have to involve your body. The body of your affairs is going to move up here and you are actually going to release this. So I'm going to invite the musicians to come up. They're going to play a wonderful, beautiful song for you while we do this. And I put all the candles in the middle because I didn't want to make it easy. Because you're all going to have to go to the same candles. So if you find yourself pushing and shoving people out of the way, you may want to look at that. Because how you come up to burn your paper is probably how you live your life. And if you're always getting out of the way for another person, it might be the way you live your life. So I'm going to start it off. I'm going to release today, and you know, I'm not going to ask you to, because to, uh, I'm going to let the musicians get set up here, but I'm going to release this idea of lack in my life. Any sense of lack in my life. Because lack, I've learned everything I can, and I'm releasing it with love. And I'm releasing it in the gratitude to know that lack has come to teach me wonderful, beautiful things. It has been such a powerful teacher in my life. And so I'm so grateful to know that I can release this lack and the awareness and everything around that. And then the, the worry that goes along with that. My behavior is worry because there's not enough. And so I release my worry and my lack today. So come on up. Come, come, whoever you are, wanderer, worshiper, lover of me. Come, come, whoever you are, citizen to caravan of despair. Come, come, whoever you are, wanderer, worshiper,
perfect song. I was looking for a Sufi. I googled Sufi stories on forgiveness yesterday, and it was an article. And at the end, there was a poem, and it was come. And I thought, okay, I got it, God. I think we got that one down. So allow the allow this releasing to work for you this week in your prayer work. I release the 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 belief in whatever it is for me. Lack. I release the belief in lack. I release my need to worry, and I'm grateful God is the freedom that I am. And next week, we're going to work on our, our, our Word of God. And then we're going to have um, our community heart, which I'm constructing, which we're going to bring out. And, and it represents for us uh, taking it to our hearts. So it's a, it's a powerful, wonderful thing. I can feel the lightness in the room already. You beautiful Godlings, you. You are eternal. You've always been, you'll always be. We're on this journey together. We didn't find each other by accident. So thank you so much for your love, your wisdom, your support, and your willingness to be teachable and open, to live in freedom, love, and joy. So it is.